Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hi everybody, it's Doc from the John Freaking Meerpod, and I want to let you know about our new website on WordPress. Take a few minutes and check it out. You'll be able to find pictures of the pod's guests, links to the podcast and social media accounts, ways to support the pod, how to get in touch, and our entire back catalog is there, including episode summaries. Miss these sections of the JMT episodes? You can find them there. Missed a Triple Crowner episode? Yep, that's there too. World travelers, adventure athletes, polar explorers, Barkley Marathon competitors, authors, filmmakers, documentarians, and more are waiting for you. Take a look at the new website, and just a reminder, adventure lives here. How many hours are there in a mile? Is yellow square or round? Probably half the questions we ask, half our great theological and metaphysical problems, are like that. C.S. Lewis Well, I don't know how metaphysical we're going to get today, but we will be answering some great questions. Welcome to the Mailbag episode, where some of my co-hosts and I will be answering the big questions our listeners have sent in. I've always wondered how many hours there are in a mile. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Mirpod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place, for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. 
video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. All right. Thank you for tuning in today. This is going to be a fun episode. For weeks now, we have been collecting your questions in anticipation for this, our mailbag episode. And we have quite a diverse collection of questions, which we have distributed amongst ourselves, and we will kind of just uh, rotate asking those questions. Helping me provide answers today are some pretty enigmatic characters from the pod. Please help me welcome back to the pod, Chopper, Buddy, Jukebox, and Big E. How's it going, guys? Oh, it's great. How you doing, Doc? Fantastic. I'm excited to be better. Excited to see what the uh, listeners uh, have to say for us, what questions we have. Also, a uh, special shout out to uh, the birthday boy, uh, Buddy. Happy birthday. That's right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. It's a glorious day. And Buddy has such an active social life that he is spending his birthday with us making a podcast. (laughs) Sad. Very sad. (laughs) But the family was like, no, no, you can hang out with them. It's, It's good. We're fine. Yeah, we're okay. We're okay. Okay. <laughs> now, is it is it true? Is it actual fact that Mrs. Buddy, her birthday was two days ago? Correct. Oldest of Buddy's children, birthday was yesterday. Correct. My oldest Budlet. Yeah. Budlet. That's right. Budlet. And Buddy's birthday is today. Three in a row. That's incredible. Three in a row. Yeah. Oh, nice. Did you guys plan it? It's part way? of that Buddy. Ma- but it's just Buddy magic. <laughs> Buddy magic. Very good. All right. Hey, before we get to the questions, let's start with the most common answer on the trail. Mile, mile and a half. <laughs> as, any, as any seasoned hiker knows, that's the standard response to any question beginning with how much longer or how much further. Yeah, it's uh, just a bend. Don't worry about it. That's right. All right, let's get a quick podcast update before we start answering your questions. Guys, you'll be happy to know that we have listeners in 25 countries, and I would like to welcome Greece and Italy to the pod. Very nice. Love it. Wow. I'm just waiting for the the reviews to come in where our listeners in foreign countries offer to let me stay at their place on on vacation, but uh, (laughs) hasn't happened yet. Is there there a John Mayer Trail of the Alps yet, or...? Well, we do have listeners in Switzerland. Oh, there we go. So, maybe. Domestically, we're up to 42 states and the District of Columbia, but still no sign of Alabama. (laughs) Are you surprised? What's holding them back? They are resistant. A a neighbor of the buddies um, recently moved to Alabama, so maybe maybe we can throw out a line and give, give us at least one listen. Yes. Let us fill up that board. Next for next episode, I'm gonna write down the list of the eight remaining states that have not signed up yet. We'll we'll start an active campaign to get them on board. Deal. But I want to give a shout out to the latest state to join the fun, Nebraska, and our listeners in the cities of Fairbury and Fremont. How's it going, guys? Anywhere to actually hike in Nebraska, it's pretty flat, isn't it? 
I well, think we it, lost all of our listeners from Nebraska now. Good job. Yep. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Back Robert. to 41 states. It was, it was, it was a, it, you know, informational question. I just didn't know. I think there's trails. He's planning a trip. The, there's trails through the corn. Oh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> the trail of the Cornhusker Stadium. There you go. You may have noticed we did not have an episode last week, and for that, I apologize. Uh, life has gotten very busy in the last two weeks, and I just could not get it together for an episode. However, that means our listeners had two weeks to listen to the Fozzie episode. Did you guys have a chance to tune in and hear Fozzie? It, it took about two weeks to get through the whole episode. That was, that was a long one. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It, was, it had some great stories. It was fun. It was solid. Two hours. Two hours of Fozziness. <laughs> Gives you the warm fuzzies. <laughs> oh, I, I am not a wanderer like him. I would I would go bananas not planning my life like that. You're not a drumomaniac. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Fozzie was great, really down to earth, mm-hmm. and uh, as he said on his social media, it felt like a conversation over a pint in a pub. There you go. Yeah, it seems it seems like Fozzie. Yeah, it seems to have struck a chord with our listeners, too. It's got a ton of plays, and we've gotten some really good reviews on it. So, Speaking of reviews, it's not too late to qualify for the giveaway offered by Fozzie, the first 11 listeners from his episode, uh, to go on to Apple Podcasts and leave a review of the John Freakin' Muir Pod, qualify for a free download of Fozzie's book, The Last Englishman. And from those 11 people, we will do a random draw for an autographed copy of the book. So that's awesome. What I, want, what I want you to do, I want you to pause the episode right here. Go ahead, hit pause, and go leave your review. We'll, we'll wait. Go ahead, pause. You do it. Come on, you can do it. All right. Hey, welcome back, and thanks for the review. Now let's get to your questions. I'm going to turn the computer right now because I don't want jukebox to see the the questions I'm going to ask. Because to get us warmed up, I want to give you guys a hiking quiz that I found. From KSL TV in Utah. It's 10 questions. And I want to see how many how many questions you guys can get right. The only thing is you, there's four of you. And so I can't keep taking four different answers for each of these questions. There has to be one group consensus answer to each of these. So sort out the answer. Give me your answer. I'll keep score. And we'll see where we rank in our hiking expertise. All right. Ready? Go for it. Okay. Question number one. Approximately how many Americans go hiking every year in the United States? 1 to 20 million, 20 to 50 million, 50 to 100 million, or more than 100 million? I feel like that really defines like going on a hike, you know? <laughs> going like 330, 40 million people? Yeah. So I'm guessing 50 million range? Yeah, I would say around the 50. Okay, so you guys are straddling. So is that is that twenty to fifty, or is that fifty to one hundred? Fifty to twenty to fifty. Twenty to fifty. Yeah, twenty to fifty sounds right. All right, I'll go with the team. What does Bukebox say? I'm going to go twenty to fifty as well. All right, right. sounds sounds like a final answer. And the answer is twenty to fifty. You guys, all right, one for one. All right, very good. Good start. And All right, number like two. To, to the part of the Vernal, the Vernal Falls uh, Trail <laughs> when we're coming down. All right, number two. What is the longest hiking trail in North America? Is it the Great Western Trail, 
the Appalachian Trail, the Iditarod Trail, or the American Discovery Trail? Oh, jeez. Goodness gracious. Wow. This could be <laughs> anything. I think I've... Iditarod because Alaska is huge. And, and they usually have dogs do it, and it still takes, you know, a long time to do it. But I don't That's- know. Am I going to get criticized for saying Appalachian here? For some reason, I feel like it has some it has some length to it. It's like two thousand miles. I think PCT is longer. I'm surprised it wasn't on there. Yeah. So, get, the given great, that, great Western I, Trail. Yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking something about the American Discovery Trail is uh, speaking to me. Maybe I'm off base. Maybe that's like six blocks through Boston, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What do you guys want to go with here? Jukebox, I'm I'm liking I'm liking Appalachian. You know, I feel like it's popular for a reason, right? I don't really recognize the other names, too. Let me read the question to you again. What is the longest hiking trail in North America? Well, that's the thing with the Iditarod. I don't know if that's a hiking trail. Right. Hmm. Mushing trail. Fair I'm, point. I'm, I'm fine with Appalachian. Yeah, sure. I'm going to lock in with Appalachian. Okay. The answer is the American Discovery Trail. Where is that? What is that? So the American Discovery Trail, it's a series of linked roads and recreational trails that collectively form a coast-to-coast trail across the middle of the U.S. Wow. I'm going to call BS on that. That's some buddy (laughs) intuition there. (laughs) But the Appalachian Trail is like two – 2,200 miles, 2,000 miles, and the uh, Pacific Crest Trail is 2,600 miles. So that should have been a giveaway that it was not the AT. All right, question number three. You guys are one for two. Question three, how long does it normally take to hike the Appalachian Trail? Here are your choices. Two plus years, one year, nine to 11 months, five to seven months, or 30 days or less. Oh, I'm going to say five to seven. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with chopper there. Five to seven. Five to seven months. Mm. Over 2000 miles. And and this, this doesn't mean we're setting, this doesn't mean we're setting records, but yeah, that's true. Yeah. How long is it normally? Very long. How long does it normally take? Could run it in a couple days. Probably there's people who do that, but a couple days. I don't know who you've been hanging out with, man. I don't know. The, the PCT, the PC people start that in March and finish early fall. Yeah, yeah, I know. Five to seven months is where I'm going. Okay. Buddy, you're breaking up a little bit, so I don't know if you need to adjust your antenna. Ah, phooey. Final answer? Sure. All right. Five to seven months is the correct answer. Let's go. All right. Two for three. <laughs> two for three. Uh, following up on that question, what's the success rate of hikers who attempt to through-hike the Appalachian Trail? What does success rate mean? They- that means you start and you finish. Okay. <laughs> Those that start, how many finish? Well, what's the death rate of hikers on the Appalachian no, Trail? Not death rate. It's okay. about people who bail out. <laughs> bail out or unsuccessful. That's, that's okay. bailing, not like missing in action. Right. Dang, so I'm- is it one in four, one in ten, one in twenty-five, or one in a hundred? One in twenty-five. Yeah, I feel like there's got to be a bunch of people that bail on yeah. anything like that, especially with, with the amount of moisture and rain over there. 
one in 25 though what's that four percent no, you know what? I have to go yeah, one and four. I refuse to believe that people set out to do a hike and that 24 out of 25 fail. I think, that, I agree. I I think it's that. probably and one out of four. When you put it like that, that makes a lot more sense. That makes more sense. 25% wow. don't. When you, when you apply that thinking there, jukebox, it, it really comes into... When you put math into the equation. I haven't done, I haven't done math in five years, so there's, <laughs> there's no excuse here. I, I just go by hunch. <laughs> Final answer? Sure. Quarter. Okay. Correct answer is one in four. Yes. One in four. All right. You guys are three for four. Three for four. That's pretty good. Oh, oh big that? phone call. Somebody trying to sneak in probably some birthday wishes. They got denied. I'm on a podcast right now. Mute that phone there, Voicemail. Buddy. All right. <laughs> Question five. What is the name that refers to the three major U.S. long-distance hiking trails? Is it Mummy Mania? No. Three Peaks Pinnacle? No. Triple Crown? Or Zero Zenith? Triple Crown. Crown sounds right. Yeah. I can't go against the grain here. Triple Crown. All right. Guys are four for five. Yes. Let's go. I wanted Zero to Zenith so bad, though. That sounds great. <laughs> All right. Question. I feel, like, I feel like I'm on a hiker game show right now. We're doing pretty <laughs> right. well, though. If this was who wants to be a, a a a millionaire hiker, we could do pretty well here. Yeah, but the prizes on this game show are pretty crappy. Sorry. <laughs> the, the winner. The winner gets a tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, right. On the next hike that we're all on, maybe a slice right. of summer sausage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Question six. What should a hiker do if they encounter a grizzly bear? Should they stand tall, make yourself big and loud? Should they lie face down and cover their head with their arms, play dead? Should they climb a tree or should they run away? Definitely play dead on the ground, hands over the neck, I believe. That's the uh, tactic. With the the cats, you act big and make a lot of noise and you don't run away and you don't climb a tree, I think, from a bear. I don't care as long as I can run faster than you guys. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you dig your hiking spike into your, your buddy's foot, and then you run. Then you dig off. That's right. I think, I think, uh, I think get small. Lay dead. <laughs> By get small, you mean lie down, cover your lie, lie, dead? lie down, and mess yourself. <laughs> <laughs> buddy, care to hazard a guess? Now, that, that sounds good. Uh... I'm I'm going with that one. Bears bears are pretty chill. They want to keep to themselves. Correct answer is lie face down and cover your head with your arms and play dead. Very good. Five for six. Leo should have taken those notes at the uh, in the Revenant. He would have done them a little better, maybe. <laughs> I I try to apply that strategy several times a week. You know, in daily life. I'm, I'm assuming human excrement is a natural bear repellent. Come in come in handy in many situations. <laughs> Your kids come in and ask you for money you just lay down and play dead <laughs> dad this again <laughs> i can see right. here we go <laughs> wait what's our record right now six you guys are five for six five for six five for six pretty expert status so far don't crash and burn here question seven what is an alternate alternative term for backpacking is it backing spelunking trudging or tramping? Ooh. Trudging or tramping? I want to say trudging. Well, he used homeless with a purpose at one time. <laughs> That's not one of the choices. <laughs> not one of the choices. 
trudging. <laughs> I know spelunking is uh, like play, uh, go through ca- caves. Yeah, caves. Trudging sounds like the right action. Tramping just sounds like the wrong kind of dirty. So. <laughs> yeah, trudging. Trumping sa- tramping sounds like a federal offense. I might have to stick with trudging. I, I, I was going to say, tramping sounds like a 1920s like boxcar hobo. A hobo thing. <laughs> Final answer? Let's go trudge. Trudge? Trudge. I'm locked in with trudge. All right. The correct answer is tramping. What? Oh. Tramping, as it's referred to in New Zealand and parts of Europe. Backpacking is referred to as tramping. Oh, man. You guys are five. With all due respect, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to require – if we've got listeners in those areas, um, we've got to get some new terms out there. You're not satisfied. <laughs> those words mean different things in different places. Yes, they do. These last three, I think, are uh, – well, two of the last three are pretty softball questions. We can still go eight for ten here, guys. We got this. We could. All right. So, question number eight. While hiking. Why should you avoid drinking unfiltered water out of ponds, lakes, puddles, streams, and rivers? Is it because the water is often full of sand and dirt, the water can contain parasites and bacteria, or you might scare the fish? I'm going to say yes. Uh, I'm going I'm to say that this question does not apply to me. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, for, for our listeners out there, Buddy is a frequent drinker of unfiltered water. He will just put his his bottle into the stream and drink straight out of it. I, it's, I, it's, you know, with, with, when, when we're above the uh, cattle and human line, set it free. I, I, I will give you credit. You do actually look up the mountain to see the source of the water. Correct. Is that your fourth tattoo? Is that what that says? <laughs> <laughs> You're above the cattle line? It's almost, it's almost done. A little when, bit more shading. <laughs> when uh, when Buddy, Doc, and I did do the Half Dome hike, I did drink from a stream, unfiltered water at the top. I was very thirsty, and I said, I'm not waiting any longer. So I did yeah, do that, but did you that's a bad choice there. I did, not, I did not scare the fish, and I did not consume sand. So I'm going to say this one is parasites and bacteria, I believe. I would agree. All right. Final answer. You are correct. Water can contain parasites and bacteria. Always a good idea to filter your water out there, unless your name is Buddy. And, you know, in, in case there's some people that get a little bit persnickety and, and think that I'm um, being a bad example. Um, no. You know, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a, yeah, you know, it, it's happened. Our listeners uh, would not think that of us. Persnickety I'm, is a great word as well. Thank you. For thank you. Saying that. At times I get persnickety when I'm tramping out in the, in the Sierras. <laughs> um, but... I, I'm, I'm nerd enough to know that I have seen some, uh, water quality reports and, uh, this goes back 30, 40 years of, uh, of clean samples in the, in the high Sierras. So, uh, it's, it's based on science. Oh, look at you bringing data and science into the equation. Absolutely. You're into this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question nine. I'm not even going to give you any choices for, for the answer for question nine. It's a fill in the blank. Uh, what disease can you contract from a tick bite? Lyme disease. Lyme disease. That is the correct answer. Lyme disease. Very good. You guys are seven for nine. Chance at, at uh, the magical number eight with the correct answer on that's a B. Question. That's a B. That's a B. We can do Lyme that. disease. Lyme disease may explain some of my behavior. Through college. Depends on what doc curves this exam at, but uh, an 80% could be an A. B we, minus, we don't B know. Minus. 
All right. Hey, in 2018, what group represented the largest share of hikers in the United States? Is it the group between ages of 18 and 29, between 30 and 49, or from 50 to 64? The biggest group? The biggest you got rid of the 30-year-olds. I, 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 I was going to say it's either young people or people going through a midlife crisis, which are the two, oddly enough, the two people, two sets of people on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you definitely, uh, the, the people you meet out on the trail, it's, uh, it's bimodal, uh, Very. The, the, the lifers and the, and the new to the sports a lot of times. So what would you say, Doc? The twenties, the forties, or the fifties? No, 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 no. I didn't say any of that. I don't. How many? He said twenty. To how many? How many beers in are you, man? I'm simplifying it. Okay. No, it's ages eighteen to twenty-nine. Okay, so the twenties. No, no, no. 18, Basically, come on. No. Eight, listen, listen, uh, listen to my words and understand me. You really speaking of persnickety? <laughs> yes. Eighteen to twenty-nine. Thirty to forty-nine, or fifty to sixty-four. 30 to 49 is a bigger group. Yeah. Yeah, but for some reason, I feel like I've Think. seen more old people. Not, okay. Not to say that above 50 is old, but I'm saying I think that I have seen people 50 to 69. Is that the number or just 50 and older? Not the number. Not the total quantity of people. I think you see a couple of them. 18 to 29, 30 to 49. Or 50 to 64. Okay. This is the difference if, between a B minus if, and a C minus, guys. 30 to 49. 30 to 49. I'm locking in. That's if, if, That's if, shoppers, if, if shopping clientele at REI is an indicator, it's definitely the 18 to 29 group. I agree. I think that's what it is because they're more inclined to go out. But what about the data behind 30 to 49 is more – it's a bigger age group than 18 to 29. We still don't think that that factors in? I'm factoring it in may very well. Don't have kids. They're less inclined to have kids to hold them down, less inclined to have a career to hold them down. They're easier to get out and about. Doc, do you want to talk about a few things right now? <laughs> kids holding them down, jobs <laughs> holding them down. <laughs> They're less likely to be crushed by all the suffering of life. <laughs> yeah, all, thank you. All I can add is, more can is an hour-long hour podcast every, every other I'm, week or so. I'm going to stick with the younger group. But yeah, you, I, I'm, I'm, I know a lot of people, in my, and I'm in that age range, and I know a lot of people who do that. So, All right, I'm in. 18 to 29, I'm in. All right, the correct answer is 30 to 49. Damn. Oh. Boom. Jukebox, so going with data and statistics. Oh, man. I'm not going to lie. I might have caught a glimpse of the computer. However, I kind of played it fair for you guys because I wanted to go with the group instead of actually saying the right answer. Way to go with the ethics. Oh, noble. Wow, very ethical. I'm not buying that. He's going to be very hireable someday. <laughs> someday. <laughs> someday. Maybe. I like, I like that, Chopper. The numbers lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That, so, that, could be, that could be just kind of a, a SoCal bias, too. True. So, 7 out of 10, that qualifies us as weekend warriors. We're, we're a C. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's about right. I've <laughs> been helping yeah. with you guys. You know, I played on a softball team. I played on a city city league softball team, and our, our team name was C minus because we were in the you know they they had different levels. They had the A level, B level, C level. We were playing in the C level, and our team name was C minus. So that was that was nice, pretty, pretty appropriate. All right, I mean that's our new hiking group name. That's cute. <laughs> C minus. 
<laughs> C minus. We are slightly above average. <laughs> All right. We made it back. <laughs> so here we go. Let's get to let's get to some questions. We we got these these questions that we've collected over the last uh, two months or so. Burning questions from our listeners. They've been tuning in every week. And they've got some some great uh, insights and questions uh, based on our our trips. So this first one is for Chopper and Jukebox. Oh wow, I'm excited! Here we go, here we go, guys. Chopper and Jukebox. How can I tell the difference between altitude sickness and a bad batch of Chili Mac? Signed, Skids. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's the. Uh... The, the chili mac had more of a uh, on the way out uh, the lower end type of problem. The uh, altitude sickness was that was I uh, was mostly just throwing it all up. So that would be my distinction. Yeah, I would have to agree with Chopper. I think that you know I can't fully testify to altitude sickness because I have I don't think I've been overcome with it fully, but. I know that the chili mac is a uh, lower intestinal feel, and it's kind of a sudden, a sudden uh, detour from the trail. It's not as much of a, oh my head hurts and I kind of feel nauseous. It's more of a I gotta go type so, of thing. So if you're hiking, if you're hiking with a guy, and he is hiking in front of you, and he suddenly puts his hands on his knees and just retches in front of him, possibility that it could be altitude. Out if That's the guy hiking in front of you. Drops his pack and scrambles for the nearest tree could be the chili mac. I think that's a great distinction. Definitely, it's like the uh, the chili mac is more of the uh, if you're familiar with the film, the white chick scene in the uh, in the restroom after the quiche. I believe that's more of what the chili mac is than uh, the altitude sickness. <laughs> it's a great cultural pull right there. <laughs> Okay, buddy, do you have a question? Do I have a question? Um, let's uh, let's take a look in the in the mailbag. Um, <clears throat> this maybe this is anonymous. Here, got a question here. Is it actually possible to go on a backpacking trip if you've never read Wild by Cheryl Strayed? And uh, I, I'm gonna have to say, may, this could have been one of these trail questions on the percentages. It is possible. I have never read the book. Um, movie though, I've, I've I've heard. I haven't even seen the movie. I've, I've uh, I salute to her and and the career she's made and the achievements. Um, heard her interviewed a few times. Not my cup of tea. Not my cup no. of tea. What was the name of the? You don't like people name? battling heroin addictions and prostitution? Um, you know, it's just, I, I, just it's just a vibe I'm not on. I I, I can't catch it. So, but uh, I have never read Wild, and yet. I have backpack. Buddy, I have it on my bookshelf right now. If you want to borrow it this weekend, man, I got you. <laughs> that sounds like a cry I for help. The kid needs to read it. You guys see right through me. Yeah, think how inspired the hike you'll be. But what was I, the name of the listener? Yeah. What was the name of the listener that uh, sent that question in there, buddy? Uh, the name oh. of the listener. Well, let me let me try to scroll up on that. Um, what, uh, boots over the edge? I don't know. I don't understand what that means. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> boots over the edge. Okay, very good. So the question was, uh, is it possible to, to backpack if you've never watched the movie or read the book? And, buddy, you're living, living proof that that is, that is possible. Correct. Yeah, you can go out just simply to have a good time, not, not to uh, recover or, uh, you know, 
exercise your demons. But yeah. to give her credit, I mean, since that since that book and since that movie, the the amount of people on the trail has has really increased. Oh. It made it popular. Yeah. Absolutely. Ton, tons of good coming from it. Tons of good. Tons Mostly of good. She made, she made a whole lot more people homeless. Yeah. <laughs> but only to the people who are 30 to 49 years old. <laughs> it was only 17.5%. It was only 17.5%. So I'm sensing some bitterness on that question. <laughs> there, that, that could be the, the, the secret. You, you have to be in that age range to have uh, had the experience of wild speak to you and get out there. Yep. Very nice. All right. Hey, our next question. Our next question comes from, uh, I, I, we've, we heard from one of our characters that we saw out on the trail there. So this question is for Buddy. It says, mm-hmm. uh, what is your can't do without article of clothing while you're hiking and why? And this is from Chafe, the naked hiker. <laughs> oh, Chafe. Uh, yeah. I wonder how that fanny pack is doing. Do you call it a fanny pack when it's covering the other parts? Um. Well, Chafee, the, there is the can't go without. Can I call you Chafee? Um, for me, speaking of, of that tender area, it is definitely the, the Under Armour. Um, do we call them boxer jocks, I think? Uh, key buy right there. Eliminates the Chafee. Go for the nine-inch length. That's, that's the secret right there. The, the dog really liked that answer. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes chafe. Everyone likes dogs. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> All right, Chopper, you have a question there? Reach into the mailbag. Sure. <clears throat> so this uh, this comes from, uh, uh, this list is at Tiny Mailman. It says, hey, guys, appreciate the insights on the uh, through hiking life. You spend a tremendous amount of time discussing bodily functions while on the trail. My question is, do you dig the hole first or after? Wow. <laughs> well, you know what? I usually dig the hole first, but now that the question has been brought up as to whether I could do it after, I think that it depends on how bad you have to go because it might be better to dig it after. I feel like I've been in some sticky situations where it may have paid off to dig after. So depends on the urgency, right? Yeah, I would say it depends on the urgency. But then it's just a matter of, you know, the handling part and just, uh, I don't want to, you know, deal with that the second time. Hey, you, just, you can always just take a rock and just pile them all around it and just you know leave a little mound of rocks oh, that, oh that, hey, that hey, hey you know we might have a persnickety i, I am there. filtering water from now on anytime <laughs> i'm near <laughs> we may have a persnickety yeah. listener or two out there who, who may take exception to just the rock pile or uh, i might be one of them i might be yeah. one of them <laughs> yeah, you definitely. You know, I'm I'm all for a mon a monument to your achievements, but uh, but but bury that stuff. It's a okay. funeral. It's a funeral pyre. You definitely want to you want to be leave no trace. So you want to whether you dig sure. the hole before or after, uh, you want to make sure that that uh, the next person that comes through that area has no idea that you were there. So uh, give, I, I, give the uh, give the worms and bacteria the time to purify that stuff. That's right. I do like Jukebox's answer that it really depends on the urgency. <laughs> you know, if, if, it's, if there's going to be a disaster, if, if you're trying to dig your hole and it's just not going to make it, then, you know. Yeah, you're not going to bury your shorts in your boxer jocks. So uh, no, get, yeah. get down to business. Maybe that's what happened to Chafe. It's a problem. That's all it was. He had too much chili nap the night before. <laughs> all right. Hey, one more question before we go to the break here. Uh, Big E, I think it's your turn. You got you got something for us? Yeah, I got one. I got one. 
All right, this is kind of coming from uh, our buddy Buzzkill. You guys always talk about the amazing views that you see on the trails. What is by far the ugliest view you have seen from the trail? Shave. <laughs> the ugliest view I'm, I'm not going to take the easy answer here and say chafe chafe you know chafe was chafe um, not going to disparage him you know to each his own um let's see the ugliest view i think the ugliest view hey no offense guys but i think yeah. it had to be chopper's calves <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, my answer is Buddy's calves. <laughs> you know, when you, hike, when you hike in a group and you find yourself not being the lead dog, you, you you frequently find yourself looking at the calves of the guy in front of you for miles on end. Miles and miles and miles. So while, yeah. while, while Chopper's calves were well-defined, they weren't the, the best view. Small <laughs> the high heels. Though. In front. From another perspective, the ugliest view might be that item you forgot when you packed your backpack. Mm. The view of looking into your backpack, expecting to see it there, and it not being there. <laughs> That's right. I I, uh, I would also say, you know, Buddy inspired me there. I think the ugliest view may also be the untouched campsite upon arrival, thinking, okay, man, I got to set up my tent. We got to set up a fire. We got to get dinner. Where's my sitting rock? Where's my sitting log? You know, I think that's a pretty ugly view as well after a long day of hiking. I just went <laughs> until it gets set up. That's right. All right. Hey, stay tuned. After the break, we'll come back and, and take a look at some more of your questions. Hang in there. This is best-selling indie author Keith Foskett, and if I'm not enjoying the great outdoors, I'm listening to the John Freaky Neal podcast. All right, welcome back, JFMers. Let's get back to your questions. Uh, Jukebox, I think it's your turn. I do. I have a message from our listener, Struggle Bus. Um, the struggle bus has a question for chopper. It says chopper. My husband keeps dragging me on some unbearable through hikes. Despite my efforts to discourage these from happening. I'm not sure I'm being heard. I think it might take an emergency helicopter rescue to prove my point. Uh, what's worse, the rescue bill or another hard conversation? Um, I'm going to say the conversation because coincidentally, and I'm not really going to, uh, you know, put this out there too far i never got a bill for the helicopter <laughs> i got a i got a bill from the uh, ambulance that picked me up and took me to the hospital i got a bill from the emergency room but i never got a bill for the helicopter i think that's part of your uh, entrance fees to the national parks so if you do want to get out if you want to uh, you know pull yourself out early just go tell uh, one of the rangers that you've got altitude sickness and start throwing up all over them and they'll, they'll give you a free ride out it's pretty cool and that's easier than the hard conversation <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's our probably. tax dollars. Fund the national parks. Probably more effective than the hard conversation, too. Exactly. So Sequoia National Park Rescue Squad, if you're listening, uh, that was Chopper in Southern California you want to send the bill to. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, You're not using any of our names in this, are you? Uh, just the occasional slip, and it's only a first name. So I think you're safe. All right. <laughs> Let's see. What other questions do we have here? Uh, 
Let's go with this one here from Sunburned. Big E, I heard you got an in-depth look at the mythical naked hiker. I, too, am passionate about fully experiencing nature. I'm wondering if you had any advice as to what bug spray he was using and or any other essential items that may help me avoid insect, poisonous, or legal plant trouble. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I think that was, that may help me avoid insect, poisonous plant, or legal trouble. I think that it, that depends on what your what state you're in at this point, right? If it's an illegal plant or not. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking for that, you just have to take like pure concentrated DEET and just lather that all over yourself. Don't even worry about putting in bug spray, diluting it. You just, you gotta get the you gotta get the real stuff. Get in like a vat and just lather yourself with it. Not be able to taste for a couple of days. The legal trouble, that's probably something else. Um, that's something else you got to worry about. That's, that's where the fanny pack comes in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I want to weigh in on the DEET because I like to take the highly concentrated stuff, like the, the bottle that says 100% DEET. And I don't know if that's going to rub some of our listeners wrong out there who want to be you know, environmentally and safety conscious. But I, I want to make sure that the bugs are not biting me. So I took the, the high concentration DEET. And you know you've got enough on when your lips go numb. When your lips go numb, you're 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 lathered up appropriately, and no no, you're not going to get any any bites. Yeah, deep lips are something special. Yeah, you really learn that when you keep your bug spray accidentally in your uh, in your bear canister one time. Oh yeah, that's not good. Yeah, you learn that pretty quick. They they say that uh, that DEET can be can be tough on synthetic materials, but uh, you know, as the naked hiker says, it can probably be pretty tough on the on the tender areas too. <laughs> on the very non synthetic areas. <laughs> All right, that's that's, you know, that's quite a few questions on uh, from Chafe or about Chafe uh, that we've had so it's far. Legend. That, that really struck a chord with our listeners. Fan favorite. He's a yeah. He's a memorable character on the pod. Yeah. Yep. I made his picture my screensaver. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> All right, buddy, what do you have for us? Got another one? Uh, uh, yeah, you know, th- this question um, is from Where's My Glasses? Is it possible to spot from more than 100 yards uh, a, a long-distance thru-hiker, like a PCT hiker? Can, can you identify if, if they're a weekend warrior, a, a JMT, or a, or a thru-hiker? The answer and, to that question know, is, Everyone can chime in. Wait, yeah, so the answer to that question is yes. They, they Absolutely. Usually, they usually have, like, the dirt cloud around them, like Linus from the Peanuts. I'm sorry. And, and uh, you know, the... There, there's a telltale sign of the duct tape that can be a that can be a shoe sole that can be a backpack strap, <laughs> uh, um, but but I think you can. There, there's there's the lean frame um, and uh, just that look of determination. You know, I, I I've I've from getting the question, I've I've thought about how could how could you describe the way you can tell, and one word uh, might be might be improvised. They're just, they're just used to making whatever work work. And, uh, you know, that, that strength and, you know, you, 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 you stop and, and have a conversation with anybody and, and the reliance they've had with trail angels and sharing information, uh, just that, that strength of anything's possible, you know, and they're in their themselves every day. Yeah. I, 
I would, these years were the only ones who asked us for a smoke. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yes. When you, yeah, if they ever ask you for a cigarette. And then if, they, if you can also hear them bragging about how light their pack is. They're like, oh, I'm down to like 18 pounds, six ounces right now. It's like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say you can also tell from uh, approximately 100 yards away, you could tell by their pace too. Usually they're hiking at a pretty quick pace. You know, they're covering – For sure covering 20 to 30 miles a day so that's that's a good pace they're gonna be on hey buddy let me go back what was the name of the of the the listener who wrote that question that that was where's my glasses yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb and say you don't need glasses you can tell a a day hiker a jmt hiker or a pct hiker just you can close your eyes on the trail let them walk by you and from smell you could tell which is which (laughs) The day hiker for sure when we got to the meadows and we we encountered people on the trail they smelled good they i'm not gonna lie they smelled good i don't care if they're out there all day hiking uh and, and we're sweaty in the afternoon they smelled good compared to you know what we smelled like and we ran into some pretty pretty uh worn and weathered characters out there that didn't smell like they hadn't had a bath in in 10 days yeah like buddy said the youtube version is not out there with the video but Big E was given a good waft you know in uh, anticipation of that comment from doc you can definitely tell by the smell (laughs) it's very unique it's very sour (laughs) sour (laughs) nice i actually i actually have a question that can piggyback off that actually go ahead go for it all right so this is kind of just to the whole group. Uh, this is from Mr. Stanky, actually. Day five on the trail. What are you craving more, burgers and beer or a shower? Ooh, question. Great question. Day, I can, uh, day five? Day five. Day five, okay. Day five. I can say on day two, my taste for a burger and a beer was, you know, number one. It was the biggest desire, and I don't think that changed on day five. I could deal without a shower for a little while longer, but real food is definitely what I was craving first. Yeah, I, I picked food first also. <clears throat> Although, you know, Buddy had to run off and get a shower up in Tuolumne Meadows, but, you know, well, the rest of us ate and drank. So he might have hey, you know it. what? It, take advantage of your resources, what I always say. <laughs> I'm going to say... That too. And that's... It, it, the the burger and beer, yeah, you know, I I go for like, oh, I could get into an apple <laughs> or, or a salad right now. <laughs> that, that's the stuff I start craving. I, I could go for some kale right now. Come on, just, just <laughs> well, you know, the, what 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 uh, what of the 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 instinct the the, the primal taste that that spam spam I can't even talk I'm so excited about it I think I'm gonna eat some now spam and ramen you got the fat the carbs the salt the protein only thing missing after spending a little bit of natural fiber after spending hundreds of miles with you guys on the trail I can tell you that the most frequent topic of conversation was food and what we were going to eat when we got off the trail. Very rarely did I, did I hear a comment about, boy, I need a shower. What I wouldn't give to, to have a shower right now. It was mostly about food. So Stanky, the answer to your question is burger and beer for sure. Although apparently if you can have an experience like Jukebox had it uh, totally whole, you can't, you can't pass that up. That's but very true. Notice, there's it, water everywhere. But you notice none of us ran over there to copy it. that might that might relate back to buddy's comment about being above the cattle line i think that maybe i'd uh 
deposited some stench into that stream that other people didn't want to experience. So change the balance. I I I, I think there's uh there's plenty plenty of splendor to be had from a shower out of your water bucket. Yeah, I'm I'm with G Fox. This is why we filter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chopper. What what uh, what's your next question? All right, this comes from a uh, K Clarkson. She says, I understand that Jukebox enjoys belting out hits from the 80s and 90s, but I prefer to keep my music private. What type of music do you like to play in your head when you're hiking? And it says, P.S., who needs Alabama anyway? Wow. Ooh. Shots fired. Ooh, I don't... Kay Clarkson, huh? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. The, uh, the, the JFM pod needs about Alabama. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, I don't know. You know I, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I like to uh, – get music going in my head and then I just, I don't want to hear it outside. And I got in the habit of trying to recite entire albums when we were going up some of the big uh, passes and it was just like, it was a challenge. It's like, okay, can I, do I know all the words to Pink Floyd the wall? And the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did it probably about three or four times going up Forrester. Well, you and I differ in that respect because when we came down from Forrester and we had, I had my struggle with my rain pants, if you remember that, and you guys, you guys well. left without me, there was a, it probably it was a, a mile, two mile stretch where I was hiking on my own and I said, okay, I'm just going to sing to myself to, uh, to pass the time. And that is the stretch where I realized that I do not know all of the words to any song except for <laughs> Except for Happy Birthday. That's the only song I know all the words to. Everything else, I, I know, you know, a few lines, the chorus, and then I'm like, okay, what comes next? I have no idea. So I, I, that, that singing inside my head does not work. I need to have a jukebox with me. I think for I, me, it was just gave me a focus of something else. It was just, I had to think, okay, what are the words? What's the next song? What are the words? And I was probably completely wrong, but, you know. Just making yeah, crap you, up. Yeah, you probably made it better. I'm thinking of like I'll, I'll like be hearing a song, and then for some reason one part of the song will keep repeating over and over over in my head. I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, I'm either getting this right wrong, and my brain's telling me that, or I'm actually like starting to lose my mind because we are just hiking out here. The the higher the altitude, the shorter the memory of of song <laughs> lyrics. It's one. It's like one riff that keeps going back and forth. You're like, stop, please turn it off. <laughs> I'm not saying I was right, but I was pretty sure I was right at the time. <laughs> well, along those lines, I just have to tell you that, uh, you know, I, I work for a school district and we just finished two weeks of drive through graduations because of the COVID crisis. And of course, we want to give all of our graduates the, the full experience. And so Pomp and Circumstance was playing during each of the, of the drive through graduations for the entirety of the drive through graduations, which depending on the size of the school took between four and six hours. And so I, I was laying in bed last night after uh, a hard day, turned off the, the TV, turned off the lights, and I'm, I'm in bed, and I can hear that song playing in my head. It, it, it was, it's stuck on repeat now. It's going to be a while before I can, can get that out of my head. Unfortunately, there's no words to it, so I still don't know the words to any song. But uh, it, it's, I'm, not, I'm not sure it feels like much of a lullaby at that point. No, for sure, for sure. <laughs> All right, who's up next? Uh, I think it's Jukebox. What do you got, Jukebox? Okay, so question number two is from uh, Buck Wild. It says, Doc, I've been listening to the pod and I love your content. I remember you and Jukebox talking about the time you were chased down by some deer in Sequoia National Park. 
thinking about planning a trip this summer to Precipice Lake, but heard that the Bucks are reportedly more aggressive than usual as they've grown accustomed to the empty parks since the shelter-in-place orders. Is the hike worth the trouble? If so, what should I bring to deter any threat of these woodland warriors? Well, since that question was addressed to me, and I was I was uh, with you when we got chased by those deer, I, I'm going to say that it is worth the trouble. I, 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 they might be a little more aggressive, but the sights on that trail, uh, it's part of the High Sierra Trail, uh, just absolutely gorgeous. You're, you're hiking on the side of a mountain uh, for much of the first, I don't know, 12, 15 miles, and it is the sights are just unbelievable. Uh, the bucks, although they, they got pretty frisky with us and were, were stamping the ground and, and kind of charging at us, they actually never made contact. And eventually I was able to, to uh, get the, the bear horn working, out of, get it out of my fanny pack and get it working and let off a few, a few blasts. It's also helpful to have a, a son who's 30 years younger who is screaming wild obscenities at the deer as, <laughs> as they are charging at us. No, and, and mind you, not only did Doc take forever to get this bear, bear horn out of his fanny pack to warn the deer, but the next time we hiked, there was large bucks in front of us, and he says, wait, let me get a picture. I said, hey, buddy, shouldn't you be getting out the bear horn? I'm a little concerned that your priorities are aligned with the picture here, whereas we almost got skewered last time by these bucks. <laughs> hey, because I didn't get a picture that time when we got chased by the bucks, here, here's the motto. Always get the picture. Get the picture first. If they, find that, if they find your iPhone next to your dead body, they can look at the pictures and say, wow, that was an awesome shot. Well, do you guys remember? Way also, to get the photo. When we were at Hamilton Lake, we, that's when we got attacked by the deer where they were stealing all our clothes. Yeah, it was like, yeah, jukebox. Weren't they eating like your underwear or something? They did. They, I still have that chewed up Under Armour shirt. They only got my sleeve, so it's still, you know, it's still functionable. But because, with, with all respect to jukebox. Yeah, it, it it did get a little nibble, so we 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 fished it away, and uh, at jukebox you, you hung it right back out on the same exact line in the same exact space. Again. <laughs> yeah, because I remember waking up in the morning and I lost my favorite hat to the deer at Hamilton Lake, and I did anyone else lose anything to those deer? Because uh, trekking poles were soaked in deer saliva. It was really kind of nasty. <laughs> And my hat, my hat was deer, deer, deer spit all I, over it. I feel like with deer and hikers, though, it's like a homeowner with their dog. You know, it's like, you know, it's part of the deal. You know, you it's hike good. and you, you get the deer. It's like, yeah, they're going to slobber. But at the end of the day, you're probably still going to use that thing. You know, I just rinse them off and I use them. The they're they're so dang cute. <laughs> I, I, after that trip, though, I do have a different appreciation for deer. Everyone, like, anytime anyone sees a deer, like, oh, it's so pretty. Let's get a photo. I'm like, no, the deer, deer suck. <laughs> they're gonna steal your stuff. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna ruin and your break favorite. your heart. They're gonna, they're gonna eat your favorite hat and you can't wear it anymore. All right, here's our next question. Uh, I believe this is uh, – uh, we've already talked about this a couple of times. I'll go, I'll go ahead and ask it. This is from Rocky Mountain High, and he asks, uh, hey, you've spent a tremendous amount of time discussing – no, 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 no. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> scratch that. Rewind. Uh, Rocky Mountain High, he says, do you have any referrals for helicopter trips in the Sierras? <laughs> Very nice. Chopper? Um, 
Yeah, I, I want to say that the one from Little Five Lakes to the uh, entrance to Sequoia National Park is spectacular. Uh, it's beautiful. They take you right over Black Rock uh, Pass. It's uh, beautiful views up there. Yeah, I recommend it to everybody. You might not want to eat before you go because you get a little queasy. But uh, other than that, you know, the, the, the pilots were great. You know, they took me right over that spot. They circled over it several times and pointed and laughed, and it was wonderful. Well, you, you fly commercial and you got to go through the metal detectors and all of that. And, and uh, you know, you, you fly on this helicopter flight that you just have to get an EKG and be near cardiac arrest. Exactly. And, and, and you have to wear a, uh, a flight suit that's about four sizes too small that doesn't quite zip up past your navel. <laughs> it's free, though. That's you true. Pay your campsite fee. That's right. <laughs> and other than my deductible, insurance covered the rest, so it was worth it. It was cheaper than the uh, helicopter flight I did in Maui. <laughs> <laughs> the only way that trip can get better is if they strapped you to one of the skids, and I'm still angry that they did not do that. I, I think they were just so shocked at how much you guys were openly mocking me <laughs> for being pulled out because of a life-threatening problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is wrong with those two guys? <laughs> to be fair, I, I'm pretty sure we also asked if we could also get on the helicopter. Yes, you did. <laughs> Can we go too? No, you have to walk out. <laughs> you, you by far got uh, the... Yeah, our... Are, are those two the beneficiaries of your life insurance policy? Why are they having so much fun with this? I couldn't believe it. It's like, are they, what's wrong with those guys? It's like, no, no, it's fine. It's all good. They have to walk out. I win. That's the way we roll. <laughs> all right, Chopper, what do you, what do you have? You got another one? Uh, well, that was, I think that was the last one I had. It was the same thing. It was a referral for a high Sierra trip. Oh, okay. Buddy, what else you got? Um, I... Reaching in the mailbag, there, there's one here from, from uh, listener Pop-Tarts. Do you have any recommendations for packing food that'll fit in your bear canister for extended trips? Or also, is plain oatmeal a substitute for the love of your family when you're out sleeping in the dirt? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think we can all chime in on that. Go for my, that, Biggie. My, my next question, it was actually going to be piggyback off that. So if I, we could answer both of them at the same time. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. My, my question is, uh, who in their right mind would ever eat ramen and spam together? Who hurt you? Um, but, <laughs> and other than Chili Mac, what do the rest of you guys eat on the trail? So right. I feel like I feel well, like piggyback. The, uh, the, the spam and ramen, you know what? You, you give it a try. You give it a try. You'll see what I'm talking about. I'm that good. is uh, I'm good. that is the that is the, the life force right there. But I don't, the uh, you know, I, tying tying into the plain oatmeal is that a substitute? Um, I, I'm gonna definitely have to say no. You know, and and the image that comes to mind, Mere Trail Ranch, um, where you can you can send a, a resupply, and then they've also got five gallon buckets of of what people have left behind for other other hikers to come through. And, you know, if there's 10 buckets, nine of them are filled with raw, plain oatmeal that people thought they were going to eat out on the trail. <laughs> You're like, I can't face another cup of this stuff. But when we were with uh, Crumbs and Nabs that one night, weren't they, just, didn't they just have like bags of, of oatmeal and that's all pretty much all they were carrying? Yeah. It was just like, God, that's got to be so monotonous. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I, I would have to say that uh, just like in real life, variety 
is the spice of life. I think if, if you bring too much of any one thing, you're going to get sick of it after, you know, so many, so many days, so many consecutive days, whether that's, I know buddy will never get tired of, of ramen and spam, but if, if you had just, you know, all you had was oatmeal or all you had was mac and cheese or all you had was, uh, um, Chicken fried rice. Yeah. After too many nights of that, you, you would just really start to detest it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, in, in regards to the oatmeal question, I would never eat oatmeal. You know, as soon as I turned 10, I think I said, I'm done with the oatmeal. So I have not eaten oatmeal in a long time. Wait till you get old. You'll love it. I, <laughs> then you really I don't like think it's a commercial. substitute for anything other than the slop you'll see on the occasional MTV game show you watch or something like that. But I also agree diversity is key. You know, I like to rotate between the chicken fried rice, you know, the the hot pasta dishes. I know Doc loves the beef strang, strang, uh, strang, strangioli. What's it called? Like the, I don't even know what the name is. Stroganoff. Stroganoff, exactly. Stragnoli is pretty good too. <laughs> but, but you, know, you, you, you guys are making it sound like uh, you know. I, I don't know the 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 finer gourmet points uh, out there, but but I'll 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 shift between uh, you know a standard kind of Nissen ramen and the hot and spicy bowl and uh, the Korean shin ramen. So I you know I'm all over the map with wow. my spam and ramen. I yeah, you know. I, I would even mix up my like snacks from day to day. I would, you know, I had little packages of trail mix and nuts and stuff like that. And I would, I would rotate those. So I wasn't eating the same thing I, every day. I, I do have to say the, the, the dried mango scabs. Those are, those Pretty are good. Pretty good. Well, I'll tell you what I, I packed. I love this candy bar payday. I found these jumbo size payday bars. And I said, look at the, look at the calorie content on these. This will count as lunch for the 10 days that we do the Southern half, I threw 10 of those big king size bars. I have not eaten a single payday since 2015, since that trip, because I am, I am, I am ruined now for paydays. I've only eaten paydays on the trail. I don't eat them away from the trail. I have, you know, we didn't even want them when we were like trick or treating as kids. I I would say Uh, if I were to give a recipe, I would say my special recipe from jukebox jukebox here would be Jolly Ranchers during the day. Skittles for a midday snack, Snickers for lunch, and then for dinner you rotate between chicken and beef ramen, and then you got your tuna to throw in there. So that'd be my recipe. And then a lot of toothpaste on the toothbrush. <laughs> well, I, I don't I don't want to hide from this, but um, it, it may may get lost to history if we don't talk about it now. But on the on the southern half, that ten eleven day expedition, I definitely packed emergency food rations. From, uh, from, um, I'll, I'll, I'm not, I'm not too proud to admit that from expired, uh, disaster readiness supplies and those, those things that that's like, um, you, you take 900 graham crackers, pulverize it into pure dust, turn it with some butter and, and press that into a wafer. Um, that, that was, that was my daily lunch, but I'm not a sicko. I did, uh, sprinkle in, um, mini Skittles bites with those for that lunch and, uh, powered through 10 days of those babies. You look Um, like a post-apocalyptic life. I mean, it's like, uh, why would you torture yourself like that? No wonder wonder they're like 1200 calories per wafer. It's awesome. (laughs) No wonder you're so cranky on that trip. 
<laughs> as much as the way you described it it's like you uh you, you must have dug that hole a long time before you need to fill it in type thing <laughs> they're not bad they're no, not I mean, bad I, I like to have a little bit of flavor i, I know it's all store but like those mountain house brand ones they got some good flavor they're full of just fat and protein and pack them in you know what else is you can um, find them on sale spam and ramen that's your badge man that's your your other tattoo all right hey let's take one more question before we hit another break here this comes from uh one of our listeners he says i work for a boss that is putting pressure on me to create team building there are nine on my team six men and three women most are married a couple divorced and i think one guy has never gone on a date in his life would taking a three or four day hike make us a better team? And it's signed the guy who has never gone on a date in his life. <laughs> what do we think here? How, how long was the trip? <laughs> three, three or four days with uh, nine, nine coworkers, uh, some, some married, some divorced, six women, three men. Uh, no, other way around, six men, three women. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I nine's a big group. I mean, they, think about the conversations we're having about digging a hole or not digging a hole. I mean, you can't have that with everybody. You have to have a certain certain type of person who can manage that, manage around that. That's I, true. If if it were to increase like the uh, the relational team building, it would definitely cut down on the eye contact around the office yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> can you imagine karen no behind the tree behind the tree oh, think about how cranky buddy was that day coming down the mountain when we were trying to find that one campsite i mean with your co-worker that would not mm. be as much fun it was yeah. funny because i could laugh at him it would it wouldn't be as fun laughing at a co-worker <laughs> <laughs> I think as the longer you're out on the trail, you're, you're, uh, you're stripped down to your, your essence, your true self. There's, there's no hiding. You can't, you can't hide your true self out there in the middle of nowhere with, with folks that you've been with for 24 seven for days on end, it's going to come out. And so this will either make the best team ever, or it will, it will, uh, just, end in lawsuits. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I would, I would agree. I would say that, you are going to either uh, you're going to have to come down to your natural instincts at one point, you know, whether it's, I got to go now or I got to do this now. I have to sit down and eat now. You know, I'm not feeling well. I might die if I don't do this now. Um, either that's going to really benefit your team because you're going to agree or people are going to start looking at you funny. So I'd probably err on the side of caution and say, no, I don't think this might be the best team building activity. Yeah, I think you should do it, you know, get a trip to uh, Hawaii or to Las Vegas or something else instead. Yeah, the, the yeah, you, when you start doing like you're probably a couple miles in, you start having trail talk like or you're just exhausted and your brain just kind of turns off, you're probably going to say something pretty stupid that you're going to regret on the trail and exactly, yeah, you're you're going to get to a point where you know, you're like, "Oh, I'm pretty calm, normal. I'm a nice guy." And then some through hiker just starts talking out of his rear end and you're like, I'm about to throw this guy off the side of the mountain. Yeah. So, so dateless guy, we're, we're the consensus here is we're recommending uh, do not use that. Don't use hiking through hiking or section hiking as a, 
a team building experience for your, your work environment. Day hiking. Last, last minute suggestion. I'm going to say, don't use it as a first date either. If you get to that point. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break and uh, finish off the rest of the questions we have. Hang on. Hello, everyone. This is Johnny Blair, adventure travel blogger from don'tstopliving.net, and you are listening to the John Freakin' Muir podcast. Be sure to tune in next season, and you can hear all about my own exploits around the world and my upcoming book, Backpacking Centurion. All right. Welcome back. Let's get back to the mailbag here. I'm having a lot of fun, guys. How about you? Oh, it's a blast. Great time. Okay. Nothing could be better. This one comes from a listener who calls himself Fungus Starts With Fun. He says, I'm hoping you can help me. I have only been hiking for a year, and I have a friend who hikes a lot, and he tells me I need to get hiking boots. I have another hiking friend who tells me I need to wear comfortable shoes I'm most comfortable in flip-flops. Do I need to buy hiking boots? Chacos, you're done. Yikes. Uh, quick, quickly, um, we can eliminate the, the flip-flops from the equation. 100%. Um, unless you're the, that, that six-foot-five stud I told you about over, over Glen Pass or whatever that was just like doing half a valley in one step. Uh, no flip-flops. Flip-flops is a no. You need something for keeping they're not yeah. bad for camp shoes. Yeah. But, <laughs> you weren't supposed to hear that. But, 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 but for hiking, you definitely want a little bit of cover. You want something that's going to keep the rocks out because you don't want to go a couple miles with a giant rock in the arch of your foot. That's going to really, uh, really put a hamper on your, on your trail experience. And also one of my favorite pastimes on the trail, that of kicking rocks. Uh, <laughs> if you're wearing flip-flops, that could be painful. Well, didn't BA have – a couple of different types of shoes that she would switch out through the day for whatever we were doing. Like some, sometimes she had a different type of uh, lighter shoe for going up the hills and then more oh. of a boot for uh, some other areas. I know she did when she was talking about doing Whitney. Well, that's why she's BA. That's true. That's right. She's got it covered. <laughs> well, you know, speak, speaking from the heart <laughs> here, I feet and they're light and she can carry them. <laughs> that's true. Um, I, uh, I myself, uh, mentioned in, in other episodes, I'm, I'm all about the trail runner. Um, the, the lightweight shoe, keep me away from whatever waterproof Gore-Tex because, uh, you know, waterproof means once that water's inside and it's going to get inside, it don't dry out. And then you're, you're walking in soggy feet. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about the waterproof labeling. Yeah. I really, really like that one. (laughs) Didn't mean to, to, didn't mean to take a swipe. I, I like the trail runners if I'm doing certain things, but when I'm wearing the backpack, I, you know, I look for the stability, I like the boot. <clears throat> yeah, as someone who has chronically unstable ankles and I roll them on the trail all the time, I, I really am a big fan of the high top boots personally. That, But that's, you know, I, I got structurally unsound ankles. The important thing is get comfortable, something that fits yeah. right, that doesn't give you blisters that you've got worn in because you get those blisters regardless and they, mm-hmm. they just stick with you the rest of the day and the rest of the night. It just sucks. Yeah, yeah and, and size up because your yeah. feet are going to swell. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that our group here, a group of five, have uh, different tastes in 
in hiking footwear. I think uh, Big E, uh, Jukebox, and Chopper all wear boots, high-top boots uh, for that ankle protection. And I know that I prefer and Buddy prefers the kind of the trail runners, the more comfortable, lighter weight. Um, that, that really was a game changer for me when I went from boots to trail runners. That just changed the, the whole phenomena for me. I didn't have to worry about foot pain or, or anything with my feet uh, on multi day hikes so it was good i've been testing that more of the middle ground not not as small and lightweight as a trail runner kind of the inter, intermediate shoe it's mm-hmm. a little heavier beauty but not the full boot they've been working yeah. out pretty well good stuff and uh, you know th- this may fit in the uh the overall vibe you're you're picking up from me but uh camp shoes um i'm a big fan of barefoot it's nice, yeah. to, nice to silence get- stun silence there <laughs> <laughs> that is as it should be well, well you know what I learn from you. Whenever you take a break, take your boots off, take your socks off, and let your feet breathe. Let your socks kind of air out a little bit. Uh, as soon as I go. on that one, it really helped out a lot. That Mr. reminds Fighter. me. That reminds me of a time we stopped on the on the southern half, and I, I pulled in after you guys, and you guys were sitting down, and I asked. I said, "How long are we stopping?" And I think you guys said fifteen minutes, and I heard fifty. <laughs> and I sat down, I took off my shoes, took off my socks, I got comfortable. And as soon as I got tossed out a red and white checkered tablecloth, yeah. lit a candle. As soon as I got comfortable, you guys stood up and, and got your gear on and started started taking off. I'm like, what in the heck? I just got comfortable. I was I was ticked off at that. But you have to listen very carefully and make sure you understand the difference between fifteen and, and fifty. Yeah, Doc, Doc going with the, with the with the very commonly used time frame of fifty minutes, and and, <laughs> and and Chopper and I going with the very rare fifteen. You know, the mind hears what the mind wants to hear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, let's let's take another question here. This says, uh, let's see, this is from uh, a listener who calls himself Gunpowder is sexy. Gunpowder is sexy says, I love the idea of living off the land. I like to fish and hunt and shoot my guns and love the smell of cooking fresh meat. Do other animals love it as much as I do? I mean, if I'm camping and cooking, am I attracting bears and mountain lions? You are asking highly uh, unqualified people that question, probably. (laughs) It's got the potential to, yeah. I would assume so. But the, okay. you know, mountain lions like the yeah, hunter. Go ahead, mountain lions like the hunt their own stuff, so I don't think it attracts them. But the bears will come for anything if yeah, they know the food. They're coming because like the black bears are more of like scavengers, really. Like they just kind of they that, they take whatever they, they want into your car. They just they just want food. And I just want to make sure all of our yeah. listeners understand that you know, though gunpowder is sexy, uh, firearms are not are not allowed on the trail. Mm. No. And even the people that fish, it's a catch and release on most of those lakes, and the fish are yeah. pretty small when you get up pretty yeah. high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the conditions are you know pretty pretty harsh. There's not there's not a lot of air, so there's not a lot of vegetation. So there's not uh, you know other than mosquitoes, not a lot of bugs, and you know it's a it's a delicate environment. You really you really got to respect that. If you want to cook, cook up a five inch trout for dinner, I don't think you're going to get too much meat out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be the only guy that I know that goes into the Sierras relatively uh, often, one of my coworkers, he does keep uh, a gun with him, but it, he fills it with blanks to scare off the bears mostly. So, like, hunting is definitely not a big thing to do up there. 
And lakes those fish are tiny too. Yeah, plenty plenty of places to to hunt, but not not on backpacking trails. It, it, it is backcountry up there. It is hard to get anywhere up there. So it's probably, uh, it's probably not too much up there you want to And nobody else has the right safety gear. It's not like hunting season up there. And, you're, you know, mm-hmm. the movement's not from somebody wearing an orange vest. You could be not, – not a good idea. You don't want to carry that weight, that extra weight. That's of, true. Of a firearm. That's like – Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah seriously. So we start right. now. All right, next question is, why is it cold on top of a mountain? You're closer to the sun. Wouldn't it be hotter? And that's from our listener, Tiffany with an I. I, for some reason, when you asked that, there's an episode of the Magic School Bus that came into my head for some weird, (laughs) weird reason. And I have no idea why. (laughs) So anybody want to explain to Tiffany with an I uh, what it's like on top of a mountain? It's colder. <laughs> Thank it's, you, Chopper. It's it's windier and it's colder. There's the less air, and scientifically, the air is less dense. That is usually why it is colder. That that's why you're up in an airplane. You see little ice crystals forming on the window. Fun fact. I will I will defer to Biggie. That's kind of like the most scientific answer, um, and I'm content with it. So. If you act like you, if you act like you know what you're talking about, people will believe you. <laughs> so it's it's colder at the top of mountains, but I want to tell a story about the top of a stadium. Uh, Jukebox and I went with a friend of mine to a baseball game at Anaheim Stadium, home of the Angels, and it was a sweltering day. And his seats were at, at he had season seats, and they were at the top, the top of the stadium. And it was the air. There was no movement in the air whatsoever. By the time we finished that game, I think we'd all lost about five pounds in sweat. And as we're walking out, Jukebox, who's probably, I don't know, eight or nine at the time, says, hey, Dad, I know why it was so hot. It was because Mr. Crawford's seats were so close to the sun. (laughs) That's right. He's a wise young lad. And now Jukebox is dating Tiffany with an eye. <laughs> yeah. If he's lucky. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, here's, here's one from Biff Betterman. Biff Betterman asks, uh, I've got a friend who says people who hike are also people who don't shave, like faces, armpits, or legs, and that they become vegans and will eventually own a tiny house. I don't like any of that. Is that going to happen to me? Yes. I'm, I'm going to say, first of all, cheer, cheer up. <laughs> and, and second of all, let, let's go around the horn with the panel. Absolutely. That's exactly what's going to happen to you. It depends on how old you are. If you're part of the 30 to 49 group, I think you may have been set in some ways that cannot be undone. So no. Um, however, if you are a young hiker, 18 to 29, I think your chances of owning a small house and not shaving and becoming a vegan are much higher. I mean, I don't shave my armpits and legs, and but, you know, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> and you're, you're talking I, to a I stick to tiny house. That's right. <laughs> I stick to I stick to vegan spam only. <laughs> um, but uh, part part of part of my lunacy, it, it doesn't carry much weight. I uh, I plan. I typically bring a one single disposable razor for the the last day to uh to clean up on my way out into civilization it's just, just, uh, so just one of my quirks 
So yeah, that's right. It, home, right. It makes me a more interesting individual. I mean, I, I, as a bearded individual, I've kind of given up on the shaving aspect of it. But um, I, I'd say more than a tiny house, you're more inclined to, you know, get like an old beat up uh, Winnebago van or a VW bus and live out of that thing for a while. But uh, I'd, I, I think those are the people who are, you know, really committed to it. if you're just doing a couple weekend Yahoo trips like we are, I think you're I think you're pretty safe. Okay, this next question, the we people, are, people go... are smart enough to uh, set aside the trappings. There you go. There you go. So we're going to go around the horn on this one. This is from our, a listener who calls himself Pro Tip. His question is, each of you, what was the biggest mistake you made on a hike? Chopper, you go first. Oh, crap. Uh, biggest, biggest mistake. mistake that we did on any, the, any trail? Not we, you. What is the biggest mistake the you did? Biggest mistake I did was not have the right type of jacket for when we went over Forrester. It was too cold, and I didn't have a warm enough jacket. Okay. Buddy? Biggest mistake. Um, well, here we go. I uh, carrying, carrying my gravity filter, um, got out for the, the first time to set that up and put into use uh, all other High Sierra water purity comments aside and um one of the connector valves was not in my pack it wasn't at the bottom of my pack it wasn't in another stuff sack it was <laughs> not there that's an and, ugly sight uh, so that that was an <laughs> ugly sight and uh you know g- good old doc is there like all right all right buddy let, like let's put this thing together and i'm like no can do buckaroo <laughs> so uh i took the other part of the valve wrapped a little duct tape on there made it so the seal was tight and made it work i thought that's when you started drinking unfiltered water <laughs> <laughs> all right uh jukebox biggest mistake uh it's gotten a lot of press on this podcast i'd say safely that the biggest mistake i've made was the chili mac from skids uh i can't think of a lot of times i've been uncomfortable or unequipped on a trail but the chili mac was definitively the most uncomfortable i've been so i would say that all right, Big E. Yeah, I, I'd go trusting uh, or thinking that water resistant means uh, water repellent and not uh, a, uh, a sponge. And then another one, when we were doing the High Sierra Trail, I really kind of didn't take the prep seriously. I didn't really do that many hikes before. And when we were doing that last push up to the top, that really that really kicked my, kicked my butt. I, I was really unprepared for that, so... Definitely not taking the training seriously was a big thing for me. How about you, Doc? So I know one of our listeners out there would say my biggest mistake was going over Forrester in a lightning storm. But uh, for that persnickety uh, critic out there, I'm gonna I'm not gonna say that that's the my my mistake. My my biggest mistake was not understanding how rain pants work, how to put on pants uh, when it when you're hypothermic. Yeah, when you're when you're borderline hypothermic and you're trying to get the rain pants over your boots and and trying to figure out which way they go on, it should be a lot simpler process than than the way I did it. So uh, after taking them off, putting them on, and taking them off, I think three times, it clearly demonstrated how ill-equipped I was to, to handle that situation. So I'd say that was my, my biggest mistake. Am, am I wrong on this, Doc, that all the pants you have now are uh, NBA-style breakaway pants? <laughs> 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 all 
I have an, I have a, I have a big F on the front of the pants and a big R on the rear of the pants, just to make sure there's no doubt. You stopped wearing shorts. You're all pants all the time now, aren't you? Yeah, even on my, my work slacks. I think you, see, yeah. you can see the big, the big F and the big R. <laughs> just just the, go gaps uh, along the side. For, for a concerned listener about going over a pass where, where a storm is coming, um, I, I'm going to propose the question of <laughs> what do you want us to do? <laughs> you know, you're, you're in the, the last little chunk. You can go down seven miles or you can go over five. Uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah. uh, there, you, there you are. We, we, we couldn't go back to the car. <laughs> yeah. You got to make a decision. Hunkering down wasn't a choice. New. All right. It, Looks it, like we... and, it, and it rained and stormed for another three days. We're not going to just be, you know, quivering near a, near a rock that we are taller than for the next three days. Yep. All right. A couple more questions to finish us off here. Uh, this one comes from Bubba Ray Jelly Belly. I'm going to get Bama. <laughs> he says, if you pee in a stream above the timber line, does that become pure Rocky Mountain spring water and end up in my Coors can? Buddy, how does it taste? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I participate because it's sterile and I like the taste. <laughs> <laughs> Dodgeball. Patches of Houlihan. Great quote. Yes. <laughs> So oh, for, for all of our listeners, for all of our listeners, you should know that you do not do your business within 200 feet of a stream. Got to keep that water clean, respect the other hikers, 100%. respect the environment, keep your business away from, away from the river. So uh, that being said, you should always check if someone is bathing upstream of you before you, before you fill up your, your water container. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a, a, a a decent rule of thumb as you're trying to get far enough away of, uh, are you far enough away yet that, uh, you're, you're not going to be observed by your fellow hikers while you're, while you're taking care of business. And, and, and that's the thing you think you're away from everyone and then you are doing your business and then someone walks around the corner and you're just like, Oh, oh never mind, I'm done. Oh, there's the trail. <laughs> You know, the casual listener is going to weigh in and say, you guys talk about bodily functions a whole lot on this, uh, on this podcast. There's not, a, there's not a lot else that goes on out there. That's like the one joke that we have is that ever, it, it's a consistent thing we all have to do. But even large- aside, it's important to make sure that those things are working. Because <laughs> yeah. if it's not working, that means you're sick. There's something wrong. Yeah, you it's gotta, a, you got to keep tabs on those things. It's yeah. a large, large part of through hiking is the bodily functions. I don't know about the rest of the hiking. Got to check the fluids. I think our hiking group is is kind of stuck in junior high mode when we're out there too. So, and, and, and I do have to say, like, it is a good measure of how much water you are drinking because there are multiple times where you're like, I need to drink so much more water right now. I am very close to being dehydrated. Yeah, like it's, it, it's, a, it's a really good it's a really good marker for that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, culture wise, I, I think I'm going to commit, uh, I'm, I'm going to bring a book of poetry on any future trips. <laughs> You're going to recite poetry instead of uh, singing like jukebox says? In, instead, instead of, uh, talking any discussion of bodily functions, Are you I'm, uh, like- I'm just going to read sonnets. I, I I think Buddy and I may have a uh, slam poetry face off on the next hike. Oh, I would we'll love see it. what happens. Can we do I would competitive haikus up and over the pass. Well, buddy, I'm not even kidding. Two books above my copy of Cheryl Strait on my bookshelf is Upstream by Mary Oliver. If you want me to bring that next time. Oh heck yes! 
Buddy, I just got this image of uh, you playing the part of the lutist on uh, <laughs> just following and, and singing, you know, toss a coin to your witcher. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's stuck in my head now. Crap. <laughs> Buddy has no idea what we're talking about, but uh, go on Spotify and, and, and find toss a coin to your witcher. Toss oh, a coin to your witcher. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah. There's a, a TV series, so you have to check that out. All right. Hey, let's finish up with, uh, with one here from Call Me Heisenberg. Uh, this is a little suspect. He says, can you f- get certain chemicals from plants along the trail? Probably. Good. Probably. Ammonia? I don't know. I feel like that's natural. Nitrogen, maybe? Are we talking poison oak? Because you can get some chemicals from that. Yes, I think that is probably more, more common. Some, you know, active ingredients in certain plants but like you gotta you gotta like chew on them or something like that i feel like i did see an article the other day that sierra i mean the sequoia national park has more pot growing in it than uh like the rest of other parts of california because people have kind of moved in there for years and years to to just grow pot illegally so you gotta be careful what you pick and I've heard some stories that uh, people have wandered into areas like that and come upon heavily armed individuals. And so if you find yourself in the middle of a grove of that stuff, you should probably quietly turn around and slink out. Slowly back out. Yep. I'm not about any of that. <laughs> yep, for sure. For sure. Don't take me. Okay. Hey, that brings us to the point in the podcast where we're looking for the pro tip inside of the week. We covered a lot, a lot of ground. Uh, through this mailbag episode, what stands out to you guys as a possible pro tip insight of the week? Helicopter rides are free. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have a hard time contesting that one, but another suggestion would be the, uh, the chronological order of dig hole and poop is uh, it's up to you. It's, it's on, it's based off of uh, urgency there. (laughs) But just remember I, uh, that when you're I, finished, there should be no trace. No trace. That's right. I, 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 I guess uh, also going with that is uh, always check upstream. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that, that goes right along along with it. Jeez, um, I, I, I may be out of pro tips for this session. I don't, I don't know what to, Buddy, just I don't know what to say that's one. useful. Buddy, take a look at one of your tattoos. Take a look at one of your <laughs> tattoos and let us know what, what the insight is. Uh, only, only drink straight water above the cattle line. <laughs> there you go. You have a line on your arm that says the cattle line and the water is above That's it. That's right. <laughs> oh, there's somebody at the door. And that means, and that means it's time to go home. Sneaky, sneaky Pete's getting cranky. He's, uh, he's barking at jukebox here. So there you have it. Uh, That's it. Episode 22 is in the books. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I want to thank my team of co-hosts for helping me out here. I think, I think we're going to call this the last episode of season one of the pod. 22 is a good round number or or not. I don't know, but it's it's like a good, good stopping point. Uh, Like 22 numeral system. Yeah. And as the trails are opening up, we need to get back out there and get some good source material for future episodes. I'm looking forward to some trail reports from Rob, Dr. Bob, B.A., and Zena on their trips this summer. Uh, I've got some other great ideas for upcoming episodes, including 
an interview with Johnny Blair, a top adventure blogger who shares his adventures on his blog, Don't Stop Living. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We're on Instagram and Twitter. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakingmuir at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to leave us ratings and reviews if you're enjoying the pod. If you are persnickety and are not enjoying the pod, then just you know stay silent. Thank you very much. That is a wrap from the John Freaking Muir Studio. Any final thoughts, guys? No, it's been a great season. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, I didn't get every, back even even the the no matter what that you're either going to laugh at it or love every second of it. So get out there. Yep, and I'm uh, feel grateful to be a part of the pod for so many episodes this season, and uh, looking forward to collecting some tr- data from the trail, starting with the Trans Catalina coming up in a couple weekends. So I'm excited. Nice, a boy. Nice. All right. Thank you for tuning in, and always remember the trail is the trail it doesn't care if you want to go downhill doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite the trail is the trail embrace the suck